You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we are going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Guess what, you guys? I have officially finalized the last details of the fall retreat. I have all of the um, vendors and expert artists and guests and I guess teachers and everyone lined up and ready to go. I have a name for the retreats, everything. I am working on finalizing the uh, registration page as we speak. But before I do that, I wanted to share with you guys one last sneak peek at one of our um, expert teachers that is going to be joining us for the week. So I heard great feedback from the last retreat and I fully agreed with this and I'm thrilled to bring Gracie from Grateful Hearts Yoga to be with us each morning of the retreat to lead us through a creative yoga session. We're going to be down by the dock on the water every morning for over an hour learning different stretches and meditations and yoga poses that we're able to use to help connect us with ourselves and with our creativity and get our creative juices flowing. Gracie is a local to the area and she runs a yoga studio there and she's really excited to be able to work with us on this specific type of yoga that is focused on creativity and creativity building and the yoga is going to be for everyone. Um, So there's no experience or stretchiness level or anything that you have to have to be able to join us. You will be able to take what you're learning and take this home with you. So not only are you going to get this beautiful, lovely hour, over an hour every morning to, um, you know, get a little workout and a stretch in and and some connection in, but you're going to be learn some stretches and some meditations that you're going to be able to take home with you to help you with your creative practice at home every day, no matter where you are. So I'm thrilled that Gracie is going to be joining us and we're going to be able to do this and just take the take our experience up an, another level together. So I am working on the registration page as we speak and I'm going to open it up to past retreat participants first and then my newsletter second and then the world at large third. So if you want to make sure that you're able to get a spot, I would hop on my email list at lauren likes dot com slash newsletter so that you're the first to know and hopefully that should be coming out in the next um two weeks I would say to the newsletter people so make sure you're on that list and I cannot wait to see you in Alabama October 16th through 20th together now I hope you guys enjoy today's episode Welcome back to How She Creates. Today, I am thrilled to be talking with my good friend, Rachel, who I met here in Dubai through um, her events. She runs these Women Connect events, and I was so attracted to them because she is all about real intentional connection. And um, I'm excited for her to share with you guys today. Um, I've learned so much from her, and I think she is a fantastic teacher when it comes to um, 
connection and being really thoughtful in your transitions. And she has so much wisdom to share. Um, so I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Uh, Rachel, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, so yeah, obviously my name is Rachel. Um, I have moved to Dubai in September of last year. So, um, it's been about 10 months at this point. Uh, and I have had a background in personal development and working for other life coaches, kind of like other self-help authors and had all this background and experience when I moved here and had the opportunity to take some time off. And in that time, um, discovered that I had a book in me to write about transitions and building community when you're in a new space. Um, and then subsequently started building this Women Connect Abroad community of women, um, which some of our taglines are, you know, no small talk or we skip the small talk and get right to um, deeper conversation, uh, which creates a lot of connection. So yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, I grew up in the U.S. Uh, and Canada, so now over here, over here in the Middle East. Yeah, I yeah, I just love your heart for what you're doing here, and um, yeah, just your passion for connecting women and being really intentional about it. And I think that's just really important and something that a lot of us struggle with, whether it's, you know, in our hometown or moving abroad mm -hmm. or just moving to a new place or starting a new job. Um, there's so many, that's kind of why we're talking about these two things together is, is community and transition are really, really hard to figure out and they go hand in hand. Um, and I've just, I hear that so often that people find it really hard to make friends as an adult. And I totally understand right? that. This yeah. is <laughs> this has been really hard for me to make friends yeah. here. Um, it's just such a different type of community that I was just not prepared for. Um, so I'm really excited for you to share your, your um, experiences and your tips and things. And so like you said, you're a writer. Um, can you tell us your creative story, how you fell in love with writing and, mm -hmm. and kind of creating these events? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you ask my mom, I think she still has my our very first computer, like this desktop massive <laughs> computer um, in her house somewhere. I don't know why, but it has probably the first ever draft of like one of 20 books that I've started over the years of, I, I was probably 15 at the time. Um, so writing has always been something I've enjoyed. Um, I didn't go to school for it. I never thought... I was kind of thought, oh, I would love to write a book, but let's be realistic and like go to business school and maybe one day learn how to run a business that involves writing a book. Um, so it was never my plan uh, as far as a long-term thing, but it was more that dream that I thought maybe one day. Um, and then I went into business writing things for other people. So I literally, like I said, when I was working for these life coaches and personal development authors, I was writing their blog posts for them, writing their, you know, product, um, information pages for them and they were putting their name on it. And of course that's what you do when you're hired as a, a content editor or an editor or a copywriter. But I realized that how I was in this very frustrated place of, okay, they're getting credit for all this work I just put in for all this writing. Um, and that kind of made me hit this place where I could decide when I made the move to Dubai, I could continue to do that and continue to make money um, writing for other people's businesses or their own dreams and, and teachings, or I could take a risk and 
just do it for myself. Um, so that really was the process for the writing specifically. Um, but as a kid, I was always involved in arts. My grandma was always arts and crafty. And I took dance for many years, almost 10 years. So there was always some element of freedom that I found in, in doing creative things. And writing is just the one that it comes easiest, I think, for me right now. Oh, I love that you said that, that you felt freedom in your creativity. That's so true. Um, so how how is writing kind of segueing for you into these connection events? Yeah, so the writing... I, I love, I need a balance of solo time on my own and also in-person connection. <laughs> so the events came about a little bit selfishly from me wanting to make friends in person um, and also have a carryover. So the book that I'm writing is about this transition and what you go through, um, focusing on a move. And that could be, you know, moving from, I moved, I counted for the book 14 times um, even just from house to house in the same city, it can be in a, a transition and an adjustment. So uh, these events, we carry over and we talk about those kinds of transitions. We talk about those things and, and find a way to connect on them. Um, so as I was writing about it, I realized, okay, there are more people out there, I guarantee, especially in this uh, city where we're like 90% expats that are feeling these things, but I couldn't find anybody else talking about them. Um, in the way that that we do with Women Connect, um, because we're not focused on business networking, we're not focused on kind of mommy and me time, and we're not focused on a happy hour kind of ladies night drinking situation. So I was filling a gap that was basically my own interests. And, and basically, I just wanted to find other people that kind of felt the same way as me. So they all tied together. What I'm writing about in the book is the things we talk about at the events. Yeah, and I appreciate the events so much and and how you encourage people to have real and deep, meaningful, Mm -hmm. personal conversation versus the like, what do you do? You know, what are your kids like? It it does. It makes all the difference when, you know, you're facilitating that. And I I just see your thoughtfulness and, you know, in your writing and in person and how you're blending those two things so well through these events. Thank you. Yeah, it's part of, I don't officially say it, maybe I did at the first one, but or no, I say it in the marketing. I say, I, we don't really want to talk here about what you do for a living, at least in the first half of the event. Like, <laughs> it's great, but that we also really just want to find out who you are outside of all of that. And I think, and especially for women who, you know, are moms or they're in between careers or whatever, when you're in all this major transition, sometimes that's a really like, it's a vulnerable place to even say, oh, I don't, I'm not working. But so we don't even really ask that question. What do you do? That's one of the first rules for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because we do like at our core, we want to know who you are and we want people to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Um so creating that space for that and that expectation is really important and goes a long way in making people feel comfortable in that vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, something somebody or we were talking to a friend the other day and I just said, really, my goal is to make everyone like no matter how many people are there and I, my job, because somebody asked me, well, why are you even doing this? Like, what's in it for you? Somebody that attended the last one asked me that. And I said, 
both of these people, really, I just want to have each one of these people feel like they're my favorite person. Like I want mm. to learn how for me to interact with people that way, but also how great do you feel when like you go to, I don't know who that person would be for you, Lauren, but like when I go to my grandmother's house, she had 15 grandkids, but I felt like, okay, she loves me and all the other grandkids um, that were old enough to remember her feel the same way. So I really wanted to tie that in. And you can really only do that if you're talking about things that matter. Um, so that's a huge part of it for me. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. I Okay, that's my new life goals. I want people to <laughs> feel that way when they hang out that's with not, me. I wish and I should have said I just didn't include that was actually something I heard Maya Angelou say to her to Oprah in an interview. Um, on one of Oprah's like reused podcasts before my Angelo passed away, she said, yeah, my mom made us all feel like that. And I heard that. I'm like, I want to be like that. <laughs> so credit to my Angelo and her mother for sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And yeah, that's important. Good work to be doing. In the yeah. World. It's, it makes such um, a huge difference. It's like a ripple effect. So that's what's in it for me right now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, okay, you're kind of an expert on transition. So that's what your book is about. Um, can you tell us your best and your worst transition story? <laughs> like the, the worst one that pops into my head is a transition um, either from grade school to high school or high school to college um, as far as just that space and time. And a lot of transition, the core of a lot of transition is not where our identity is changing. Um, so it's not just we moved or we had a baby or we left a relationship or got a new job. Like you said, it's something, some part of our identity is different. And I remember just calling my mom probably the first three weeks in the university and saying, I don't want to be here. I'm leaving. Like I had, couldn't figure out where my place was, who I was. Um, and so it was worst in the way that I've just felt nothing really bad happened. It was just the way it felt was just so um, confusing. And so, yeah, interesting. Um, the best one, I think cliche enough as it is, I think the best one has been this specific move because not only did I move, I got married the same week that I flew, got on the plane, um, to come to Dubai. So there were two transitioning transitions happening at once, um, into, you know, wife and now expat here, but it threw me for such a loop that my identity was so confusing that something really awesome came out of it. And really, that's what I think can come out of all transitions, but they can be really icky um, for a long time, too. So, yeah, best one is being here now, for sure. Oh, I love that. And I love that that's your best transition, which was probably my worst mm -hmm. transition, you know, because like you said, I, I was changing multiple things when I came here. And, you know, for me, it was the community part yeah. um, of of being so isolated here. Um, because, you know, we even though we say we live same place, we live very far apart. Yeah, still. exactly. You, you know, traffic wise, yeah, it's like an hour to get for us to get to each other. It's at least an hour. So yeah, yeah. And so that makes it really hard to, mm. to see people and to do things. Um, and so so what do you consider transitions? Because, you know, you're talking about, you know, between like middle school and high school or getting married or moving across country, like, or across the world. Um, 
and we're all reacting differently to different types of transitions. So how do you kind of define or consider what is a transition? Um, That's a great question. I think it's for starters, anything that makes you question, who am I? What am I doing here? Um, Nothing feels the same is a good indicator. Like everything's different. Um, kind of in an instant, because a lot of transi- transitions also feel have this element of excitement. We feel like, oh, this is a great opportunity. A lot of, you know, oh, you're having a baby. It's a great opportunity. But they don't talk about your entire life changes and the process that mothers go through when that happens. Um, but the baby is out. And then all of a sudden, everything is different. Um, so anything identity shifting happens very quickly, but also has an edge of excitement to it. But it can also be the loss of someone in your life. You know, I've when my grandmother passed away or um, just family in general who have passed away, that's a huge shift in the way you relate to yourself and the way you interact in your daily life. So anything that changes the way you move about your day-to-day things, um, it can be a big thing or a small thing, really. So pretty much life in general is a transition (laughs) but there is uh age is a transition Um, so the longer we live the more transitions we'll go through that that's an incredible definition i love that you said you know anything that's changing the way we go about our lives the way we define ourselves and interact with other people Mm -hmm. Um, because you're right like I am, you know, going through like a business change right now. Yeah, and huge. when people say how, you know, and so that's a transition in itself. And then it manifests when people are like, hey, how are you? What have you been up to? I'm like, <laughs> right. Oh, you don't realize this giant mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so, and it does, but it doesn't like affect everything else, whether people realize it from the outside or not. It does. And that's something that I speak about in the book is the way we identify this, this concept of identity, the way we label ourselves um, and what feels good and what doesn't, because yeah, you've identified as this business owner for so long and you're still a business owner in a different way with now transitioning without a partner. Um, But if people asked you that for the last how many years, that was your main, main thing you probably spoke to them about, right? Other than the move and all those things. So it's, yeah, it's again, and that's one of those things. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what you know you're in your heart you're meant to do, but it also feels really awkward <laughs> for, for a while. So that's a great example. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that just like you said, we're all always going through some kind of transition. So I'm really excited for you to kind of share your process mm-hmm. of how you encourage people to walk through transition, whether it be moving abroad and making new friends and figuring out a new life, or you know, simply things like figuring out how to tell people you changed a job yeah. and how you think about that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So there, and this is a bit of what I've written up in the gift that I'll tell your all everybody listening that they'll receive at the end of this, but there are some core things in the main thing you probably hear in, you know, in the self-help personal development, self-love world lately um, about setting an intention. But what I like to call it is defining happy or defining the, the one thing that if you had got one thing right out of this whole transition experience and that was enough, what would that be? Um, so really completing the sentence of if the only thing I got out of living in Dubai was 
learning what they do for Ramadan, I would be happy with this transition. So that's an example. But giving yourself kind of this dialed down version of what is actually important to you is the first step because we can say, oh, I want my whole life to be different. I want to, you know, be healthy, be, uh, get my book published, do all these great things, have kids, whatever. And that's a lot of pressure in one transition. We put pressure on transitions a lot. So getting down to the granular, like if the only good thing that happened was this, I would be satisfied um, with this transition because from there you can go back and kind of assess how you're doing and you will always find that you're doing better than you think. Um, so that's the first um, one. <laughs> that's a big one. Though. I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And let me ask you about it. So you gave a really specific example of like understanding the concept of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we, if you move and, you know, my, definition of happiness or if this only this is the only thing that happens it'll be a success is you know if I feel like I belong and make a hundred friends yeah that feels it does that feel too big is that okay like (laughs) that's how we how are we measuring great question that's an individual um you have to really listen to your gut and assess so are you doing that because you're trying to prove you're worthy of something in that goal? Or is that really just something that feels really expansive and good for you? So the way that I gauge kind of, even if just a thought feels good to me, is if my body feels constricted when I'm thinking it, or if I feel like relief and a bit of like, uh, like you just took a sigh of relief, like, oh, that feels good. So if that's your example, I mean, how does that feel to you? Does that feel stressful in your body? Or does that feel like an exciting thing for you to do. That's such a good marker question to ask yourself. Um, and what about when we're defining this, should we be looking at timeframes, you know, because mm-hmm. feeling like you fit in or building a community that that's a long process, you know, but learning Ramadan is pretty, you know, you could do that in a couple of weeks, yeah, you know, yeah. at least in the month of Ramadan. Yeah. Um, so how do you dial it back? Because that's your question pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to really, like, I think the second question you could ask yourself is, if my friend came and told me this, or um, would I feel like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves? Um, because we, I, just me personally, I put so much pressure on myself to, like, do everything right, get everything right. And we tend to do that a lot. So if, if Lauren, if you came to me and said, gave me that example, I would say, okay, maybe folk, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great goal. Um, but what do you feel? What is the essence of what you're going to feel if you accomplish that? Um, and I'll just guess some, but you'd feel connected. You'd feel more of a sense of belonging. And I would say, okay, if you met one friend that really like, you felt like they saw you, they, they talked to you, they were a deeper friend, would that be enough? Um, and then that would be up to you to decide. So really just digging into the core feeling of what you think you're going to get from what your definition of success is um, and seeing if there's a way to even be even easier on yourself about it. That's a lovely example. I, I'm really into the idea of like parenting ourselves oh, lately. Really? <laughs> um, yeah. And so I like the idea of, you know, if your friend told you that, would you immediately be like, Oh, that feels 
you know, you, you know, like, you know, that immediate feeling you have for someone else, you know, and if you think of the roles reversed, that's, that's a perfect example. Yeah, it's easier said than done, I know, but it's a good, it's a good, and you know, if you're pushing yourself a little bit, like, okay, like time frame. And I remember somebody told me, oh, yeah, give yourself 12 months to feel like you've really settled in in Dubai. And I was like, I'm not gonna take a year. You, I don't have a year. Like, I want to feel better now. What are you talking about? And then I, yeah. I get it. Like, no, I felt good by maybe month four or five, but there's still so much more to go. So yes, and I think that's important, an important part of the transition process of knowing that it's not immediate, it's not quick. Like the transition's not like the airplane flight. You know, you've got 12 hours to transition. Yeah. It can really go for years. It can go forever. Yeah. It can go yeah. forever for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But so, there's three more steps. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll I give you some. Um, uh, they're not so difficult. The second one is pretty simple. It's being honest about answering questions about how you're doing about the transition. So I really got stuck in just telling my parents and whoever was calling, how's it going? They would ask me, how's it going? I'd say, oh, it's fine. You know, it's a little bit weird and getting used to things, but it's fine. And then I would get off the phone and cry. <laughs> but clearly, oh. clearly, and I would cry from like, I was holding in how I was feeling because I didn't want them to worry or I didn't want to maybe admit to myself that I was struggling. Um, so the second thing is being honest first with yourself and then with the people who are asking you. And that includes strangers. Like it's a really kind of liberating feeling to experiment when somebody just will say, oh, hi, how are you? Was saying, ah, I could be better today, but you know, like I'm working on it. Instead of saying, oh, good. And then going on with your day and really practicing that authentic kind of responding because you're just, you're giving yourself more space to be true to what's actually happening. So that's essentially the second, the second step. Yeah. And I think that that speaks so much to the connection piece of if you told me you weren't doing well, yeah. like, oh my goodness, I'm not angry. Yeah, exactly. Um, you give other people the space to be honest too, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I just want to make sure we get, so the third one is building your joy kit, which is very much in line with many self-care, self-love things. But before you go into transition, if you can, like, if you know you have a baby coming or you know you're about to move, but if you've already gone through all this, you can come back to it for sure. Of Just making a list of the things that you know make you feel better um, that you can do on your own or with other people. So reading uh, for both of us, I know is one or going for a walk outside, having tea. For me, it's if I wear the color royal blue, I feel better. For, that's my color for some reason, watching the office, watching the office. We both have that in common, I believe. (laughs) So those are things. So really just making a list of the things that are easy to do, because I can also say, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for 10 minutes. I'm going to work out every day. Those are like step two. When you're in the, the down feeling during a transition, those are, those are really hard to accomplish. Like those are really (laughs) hard tasks. Um, So you want to get down to the most basic things like even if it's just getting up and taking a shower because sometimes that's all you can do um so that's the like just build a list of things that you can pull out and say okay which one of these things can I do for myself today you know and I notice that in reverse also um 
I had the like deepest drive to need to rewatch The Office <laughs> starting a few months ago. Yeah. And I realized that it, it's my comfort, yeah. you know, it's my like little thing that brings me this like little piece of joy during the day. And, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, I was watching The Office in college with all my roommates exactly. as it was coming out. And yep. It does. And I realized that that was kind of when I started my business transition and everything was changing yeah. and scary and overwhelming, you know, and so I noticed it in, in reverse of when I am leaning towards the, my comfort things like this, this joy kit you're talking about. It's because my like body and mind and soul are saying like, we, we need, need some support. self-care because mm. something's happening. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Actually, that's a great indicator of hey, I've watched like five episodes in a row now. Is there anything <laughs> that I need to maybe pay attention to emotionally that's going on? But that's that's a great point. Awesome. Uh, okay, and then the last one is basically a bit longer, and I go through this with detailed questions in the gift that we'll share. But uh, it's about looking at all of the expectations that you've placed on yourself, that you've placed on other people, and that you've placed on the transition itself. So... Um, in a moving example for me, one was how, what was my expectation of how fast I would assimilate? Right. So I was like, Oh yeah, three months. And then by month four, I'm like, so really looking at that expectation and if it's serving me or not, um, for, I keep going to the mom example. I'm not sure why, but like the expectation of how you're going to feel towards your child. I've heard a lot of, not a mom yet, but I've heard a lot of women share, like, I thought maybe I would be feeling more (laughs) right now. But is that wrong or not? And where did that expectation come from? Um, and often with our partners, like expectations we have. I had expectations of my husband when we moved to like, oh, always be asking me how I'm doing, how I'm adjusting. And then a couple of weeks will go by and I'm like, he hasn't asked me. And I'm like, okay, is that fair? <laughs> is that like a useful expectation? But I didn't know all of these expectations I was holding on to until I literally wrote them out. Um, and so the fourth kind of step in, in the guide, I write out so many examples of kind of all the expectations that can come up. And when we can see them and see the pressure we were not even realizing we were putting on ourselves in this whole transition, um, you can take some of the pressure off, which is, so these are all four steps that are, you don't really even have to leave your journal and your, <laughs> your cozy place. Um, it's all kind of mental and internal work. Um, before you go out and do the things that you you have to do. So really powerful stuff. It is. It is. And I am such a huge advocate for journaling. So I love having specific questions to help me because I can, you know, like kind of do a brain dump and get it all out there. But if I don't know what I'm looking for, what I'm working towards, mm-hmm. it, it makes all of the difference. So we'll have um, this really beautiful um, ebook with worksheets and things from Rachel for you guys. are going to be at the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And you'll just find this episode and they'll be in the show notes. And I'll have everything linked for you there so that you can get this and work through this. Um, anytime that you're going through a transition and some of these things will be helpful for you to revisit, you know, your joy kit will probably be similar each transition. Um, you know, and once you get to know yourself better by doing this and knowing what your expectations are, you'll start realizing, you know, I always want the transition to be over in a week. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, and so you can start looking out for those kind of things as you're going through different transitions and different stages of life. Yeah, it's perfect. 
Um, so how can we use our creativity as a tool to deal with transitions? Oh, geez. <laughs> That's a great. I mean, you have to use it um, in any way that you can. It's that feeling of accessing that feeling of either freedom or just getting out um, emotion. So for some people that looks like art, you know, um, just for me painting. But one of the things that I do, if I'm writing and I feel like I can't, that's writing and journaling is my go-to. But if I feel like I can't break the emotion or I can't figure out what, where it's coming from, um, dancing is my second go-to. So really kind of physically moving in some way, like dancing is creative. I don't, you don't have to follow like choreographed steps, <laughs> creativity in, in listening to how your body wants to move um, is huge for me. So it's really in all stages of the transition, making sure that you're doing these things. And I would encourage you to do them, not just in the times where you're feeling really shitty. Um, I can easily just default to doing them when I need to like, oh, I need to release this or I need to, I'm feeling really sad. I need to get through it. But if if I do it consistently, even when I'm feeling good, then it help, it helps a lot more. But that doesn't happen every time. Just <laughs> I'm working on that also. That's such a good example. Um, yeah, I think we kind of forget about like the physical movement part of our body and how that is so connected to our creativity and our emotions. And I like that example. And I also find that I put on a song and dance. It's the best way to get my steps in each right. hour. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and it does. It, and it makes all the difference too of how I'm feeling. If I'm like, oh, this is terrible. You know, whatever it is, is not working. You know, you dance for two and a half, three minutes to a song you like and everything looks a little different. Yeah. You don't have to like go pump iron at the gym for three hours or <laughs> do cardio. It's really just if your soul is a little bit lighter, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred feeling better. But if you're even 3%, um, then a lot more can flow through you in that space. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite resource for creativity? Ah, it's my first, the reader writer in me is going to say books first, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. um, I think the artist's way was the first book where I even, uh, recognize the morning pages practice of dump, like it, morning pages are essentially a brain dump of everything that's in your mind. First thing in the morning, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and that book was really crucial to me getting better into my own writing in my own psyche. Um, so that book highly recommend. Um, and there's another book, uh, from actually a friend of mine, Amber Ray called choose wonder over worry. And she really speaks to um, being curious and wondering about our emotions and our um, kind of all the things we're going through. And she dissects them per chapter. But I think both of those are really crucial for uh, creativity because when your mind is a bit more clear and you're also more curious about your thoughts than you are uh, skeptical, then all this kind of creative energy can come through the same way dancing does. Um, so books are my first two things. And then any kind of music, um, that you find on YouTube, you find on Spotify, something that you enjoy that makes you feel good. Um, I don't have specifics or I wish I had an artist to recommend. I literally like will search on Spotify, like writing music or like instrumental pop, whatever, (laughs) but anything 
that has me experience something, someone else's creativity helps me be creative. Um, so yeah, those, but those two books specifically are great. Ooh, yeah. I like that. You said that, you know, experiencing other people's creativity makes us more creative. I like yeah, that. And do you cry? Um, well, I think we talked about this once. I'm like, I'll see live music, like somebody, even if I don't, I'm not like into the show per se, but if they're singing and they're like hitting notes or something, I'll just start to cry or somebody dancing in a live show. Like if I see somebody like just loving what they're doing for me, that's the biggest inspiration for my own stuff. Yes, I have a weird crying reflex <laughs> where, so like I'm a trained therapist. So if you tell me something sad, I'm never going to cry about okay. it. That is yeah. like, you know, a thing that I have built up right. in me. Like I can handle anything terrible mm. that you tell me. Um, but any, any like sweet, sad, not sad, but like happy, you yeah, know, like the, kind of the happy, sad yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, the really joyful things like in movies and stuff. Yeah, my husband yeah. always knows when to look over at me <laughs> and I'm crying and he's like, what is happening? Um, that's the best. But that's a great yeah. trait, honestly, Lauren, to be able to feel happiness and joy is something that's really hard for a lot of us um, because we're trained to like feel all the bad things and expect the good things to like not last so long. So really mm -hmm. being able to feel those moments. And that's why I don't feel bad about my cries anymore. My husband will literally say, have you hit your cry quota today? And that's because maybe I'm upset about something, but usually because I cry because something good happens. <laughs> so I think it like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm happy and I'm letting myself feel it. And I think that's really important. And especially in transition, whatever it is to bring it back to that, there are always good moments and we skip over them because of the bad stuff. So please cry more, like for good and bad things. Everybody, everybody should cry more. Yes. And I will tell you, document those things that like are good yeah. and that you're yeah. enjoying and that you're experiencing about transition. You know, my class stories from here is all about that. You know, I created it in response to leaving Korea and I wanted to do a project where I documented all the things I loved about Korea. And I ended up doing things that annoyed me and experiences I had and people and, you know, things I loved and places yeah. I loved. Um, but it just turned into something so much bigger and brought me so much joy um, and helped. I mean, that was my transition was yeah. doing that project. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, you you can do that anytime you're going through any kind of transition and experiencing all these things is, you know, snap a picture, write a caption on Instagram or just a note yes, to yourself. Yeah. You know, remembering those those these moments and celebrating them is a big Absolutely. deal. Remember the things you did. One week I was having a particularly bad week. I decided to sit down and write because I felt like I wasn't accomplishing anything. So I decided to sit down and write the things I was accomplishing. And I had to write like literally I showered. And one example was, oh, I drove from here to the store, which is probably a one and a half minute drive. But I hadn't driven anywhere um, when we first got here in the car by myself yet. So it was like, these were accomplishments. And I was like, for anybody else, I would have been proud of them. But for me, I was like, oh, you're not doing enough yet. And so if we write them down, we'll see, you know what, based on what I've just gone through, this is actually pretty awesome. Um, and so this is a great, thank you for bringing that up, because we need to do that. 
Yeah. And I think like don't devalue that because you you may think like, oh, in someone else's mind, driving a minute and a half, it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal to me at this time in my life exactly. as a 30 year old adult. Like, you come you know, do don't it. judge you me. You come do it. <laughs> like you come try what we exactly. just went through. Um, and that's why, yeah, we have to give ourselves way more credit through transition for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. And our creativity is, is so important to us in that because, you know, it goes back to being in part of our joy kit um, and helping, you know, us feel better and feel like we're at home. And creativity is what makes transition possible, mm-hmm. you know, that you can problem solve and try new things and figure stuff yeah, out. That is all are. creativity. Exactly. And remember, you're, like I said, transition is a lot about identity and creativity helps us bring us back to the core of who we are or whatever that is. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. So so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you, Rachel? Uh, it looks like in a good, on a good day, it looks like getting up and journaling or writing or doing some kind of even prayer or something um, to connect myself to uh, my creative energy. Um, and then creating one on one. So that's why the, the writing, or if you're an artist, like painting on solo time uh, is really important to me. And once I feel full with that solo creativity, then expanding that creative, like the creative energy with other people um, and sharing that with other people. So that's why these Women Connect groups are so awesome because we can create on our own and it's very important for our for our identity. But if we're not sharing it with other people, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to be seen and to be appreciated. Um, and that's actually a really important part of the process so yeah it's the like the solo time in prayer or reflection and then the actual individual creation and then expanding that out into community in some way that's like huge success for me I've never heard it described like in those tiers like that of, <laughs> First time of like you know kind of the way, building blocks it's great yeah yeah, no, it was so good. It's yeah, I like those building blocks. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying of like your definition mm-hmm. of success. You know, if I just journal today, I was creative. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you don't have to like and, publish a whole novel. <laughs> you just do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that so much. And then I love, you know, your idea of letting it then overflow and being seen and touching other people. That's such a beautiful outlet of our yeah, creativity. It's an awesome time. For sure. Oh, okay. So tell us about your ah, book. The book, uh, almost done. <laughs> so the book, uh, Be Happy Anywhere, is the title right now. It'll be out in the UAE in November. Um, but it goes through a lot of what we've talked about here and, and more into detail about um, really just the, the internal um, relationship we have with ourselves as we go through t- transition. It is geared towards physically moving to a new place. Um, but the publisher and I like to say, okay, it's about moving, but it's not really about moving because the moving is the, the, the where my story and my examples are coming from. But these are the same steps that I took through my transition with marriage, through leaving a relationship in college. Like I had to go through all the same processes. Um, so we walk through steps on how to build community, how to uh, celebrate kind of what we've talked about and all these steps of digging through the dirt of all the messy emotion um, in that. So yeah, I'm very excited. So 
uh, in stores in the UAE and online and Amazon and everywhere in November and then in stores in North America and abroad uh, in early 2020. So should all things go well, it will be everywhere soon. Ah, it's going to be so awesome. I love a book that's like part memoir, part helpful information, you know, Oh, I yeah, can't wait to read it. Um, it's been so fun to write. And the I think, like you said uh, somewhere, I don't remember exactly what you said just now, but the, oh, with your, with your own um, journaling after you left Korea, it's like this writing has also been a great way for me to complete the transition even more, which is really special. So. Mm. Yeah, so this... This episode is out during the summer, but I will definitely let you guys know when Rachel's book is out so that you can read it and maybe we'll have her back or we'll do something together to um, to celebrate it so you guys will be able to join in and and grab a copy of that when it comes yeah, out. I'd love to share. Awesome. Uh, Rachel, well, thank you so much for sharing with us. This was so, so helpful. Um, and I hope that people are really encouraged and, uh, you know, reminded that they're not alone mm. in in how difficult and exciting um, transitions can be no matter what they are. So I hope people will um, connect with you to keep learning more about this process from you. And um, like I said, in the show notes, we will have this uh, free, beautiful ebook that Rachel has for you guys that you can that'll help you journal through a transition. Um, so you can find all the show notes and connect with Rachel, um, at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. Um, and Rachel, will you share your main website or Instagram so people can yeah, look you up absolutely. Right so Instagram is I am underscore Rachel Lynn. Uh, Rachel is R-A-C-H-A-E-L, um, L-Y-N-N. And the website is rachel-lynn.com, but the, everything is linked in Instagram. So if you're on there. That's the easiest way because I share there more consistently. So yeah, I would love to connect with everybody and hear all their stories. And like you said, Lauren, even if it's not about moving, please just find somebody um, because there is someone somewhere who has gone through what you're transitioning through. And that's really all you need is one person um, to start. So if it's not me, please find someone else. <laughs> but that's all. Oh, I yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Well. Thank you so much for being here, Rachel. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like I said, show notes and everything are at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. You can sign up for my newsletter at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter to get weekly updates on creativity and my life and helpful things for you. Um, I would love to connect with you even more over there. And yeah, I hope you guys are going to have a great day whatever kind of transition you are in and I will see you next week for another episode of how she creates thank you so much for listening to how she creates if you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show please visit lauren-likes.com podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here if you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something. 